On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo-Daily, the Builder Brothers and the alleged betrayal. Not so long ago, Hugh and Greg Kavanagh were emerging as the post-Celtic Tiger big boys in the property world. The siblings headed up a series of businesses worth millions, but a family feud has now brought them to loggerheads in the High Court. At one point last week, Hugh was trying to have his brother sent to jail for contempt of court. And now it has emerged that a receiver has been appointed to Greg Kavanagh's Dublin 4 home. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by Shane Phelan, legal affairs editor with the Irish Independent, to look at where it all went wrong for the business brothers, once named the Siamese Twins. Shane Phelan, before you tell us this story of brothers at war, start by telling us who exactly are the Kavanaghs. Greg and Hugh Kavanagh, they're, they're two brothers from Arklow, County Wicklow, involved in the, the property business, property development, mainly residential. Greg in particular would have been one of the few success stories of the property sector after the last recession. He was a co-founder of New Generation Homes in 2011. This is a, a company which I suppose backed by investors, bought up a lot of sites around Dublin at knockdown prices and did very well from it. He exited that business in 2019, but he, he stayed in uh, the property game with various other ventures of his own. And he would also have diversified his interests, most notably backing an app called Bizu, which was to allow people to shop online at, at independent fashion retailers and homeware stores. That was a venture that didn't really get off the ground, unfortunately for him. Hugh Kavanagh would be the older of the two brothers. So Hugh is... He was 43. He was 43. Greg is 39. Yeah, and Greg is 39. And Hugh would have been involved as a partner with Greg in their wider property business for 17 years. And I suppose the way it has been described is that Greg would have been very much front of house, but Hugh would have been the man behind the scenes, very much hands on. In on the sites and in, in terms of the, the the property development, I suppose he was very much out of the limelight until about 2020 when uh, it emerged that there'd been a huge bust up between the two brothers. So is it fair to say their timeline of success comes after the Celtic Tiger is really when they became big business on the scene when perhaps other developers were, were falling by the wayside. Yeah, so these were the guys that were emerging while, while other guys were in a lot of difficulty. Guys that had been there during the Celtic Tiger years. Why were they nicknamed the Siamese Twins? I suppose they were nicknamed the Siamese Twins because they were very much joined at the hip. They worked so closely together for such a long period. 
It strikes me that during the Celtic Tiger, we knew the names of an awful lot of the big developers. They were almost celebrities in some ways. They were on the circuits. The Kavanaugh brothers don't strike me in that same kind of context. I, I don't think I know an awful lot about them from the front pages of the papers or the, the Sunday magazines. Yeah, they would have been, I suppose, a lot more low-key. They weren't in the, in the social pages or anything like that compared to other people we can think of from the Celtic Tiger years. I read one great quote that Greg, who doesn't, I don't think, speak to the media that much, fair to say. He said he's not a monastery monk. He goes to the gym for a few drinks on a Friday after work and that's the height of it. He doesn't really have time for the flash lifestyle. They don't show the trappings of wealth, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at, Shane. Yeah, but there is plenty of wealth there. We'll get on to that, I suppose, shortly. But I suppose what's at issue here in the row between them is a company which one of the brothers claims that at one point was worth 35 million euros. So... Greg, as you describe it, is the kind of front of house guy. Hugh is quieter in the background in terms of working on the actual developments. Tell me about what happened in 2020 that seemed to separate these brothers that were really making a bit of a killing. Yeah, so in 2020, it was a high court action filed by Hugh against Greg and various companies in their property business. And this came after Hugh was uh, supposedly removed as a director of many of those companies and from an executive role in them. And he claimed that he was entitled to 50% interest in the business. This went to the High Court in May 2020, never went to a full hearing. There was a settlement agreement entered into. I suppose it wasn't quite clear what the terms of that settlement were at the time. It wasn't disclosed, but it's now since emerged that one of the terms of that particular settlement at that time was that Hughes Company, a company called Simlor, would that there would be an acknowledgement that it owned 50% of the shares in the holding company for the property business. This is a company called Structured Marshall Investments Limited, or SMIL for short. And that business, Shane, that consisted of property developments, housing, nursing homes, lots of other types of things, including student accommodation. So while People may not be familiar with the name Structured Marshalled Investments Limited. It was a very successful and big business. So tell me about this split and which, how the two brothers saw the split as it emerged at the time. According to Greg Kavanagh, there was an attempt by Hugh Kavanagh and two other individuals who he hasn't named in court documents to uh, oust him from his companies and to, to take over his properties. And he's saying that that, uh, his brother and these two other uh, individuals left his business and by implication after he found out that this was what they were up to by his account. Hugh sees things somewhat differently. He has claimed that his brother has effectively uh, been stealing from him and that he's entitled to this 50% interest in this holding company. You mentioned Bizu and that was an described as an online survival kit to help save our local retail stores. It never took off, but as part of that initial row, Hugh Kavanagh claimed that while he was taken off as director in 19 out of 20, that was the one that he was left on. Yeah, that's correct. And, and, and I suppose there would have been other claims at the time that money which could have been going into the property business was being sunk into this, into this app, which, you know, unfortunately for uh, Greg Kavanagh wasn't particularly successful. So Shane, a lot of what you're Describing there is very much business matters, but of course, when it's family, business can be personal as well. Do we know much about the breakdown of their relationship in recent years? We do know that in around 2020, there were considerable tensions between them. Indeed, there was actually claims in previous litigation before the High Court that there had been a physical 
row between them on the street. That was an indication of to the extent of which things had boiled over between them and the, the unhappy differences that were there. Then in 2020, we talked about that lawsuit. That was settled, but it has re-emerged. Is that right? The reason for that is because Hugh has sought to re-enter the 2020 proceedings. And he's doing that because he claims that the settlement agreement of May 2020 was not carried through by his brother. And he also claims that subsequent agreements that were reached uh, in succession to that in uh, August 2020 and September 2021, which were on, I suppose, what he would call inf- inferior terms that, that they weren't abided by either. Now, all of this is being disputed by Greg Kavanagh, so we have to say that. But be that as it may, this is why Hugh Kavanagh is uh, seeking to re-enter this case. And what seems to have brought things to a head here is that there's a few things, I suppose. Under the terms of the earliest agreements, there there would have been a, a deal done where there was to be an acknowledgement of Hugh's 50% stake, as in his company's 50% stake in the holding company Structured Marshalls Investments Limited. And he says that, look, that, that never happened. There was supposed to be regular meetings between his representatives and representatives of his brother at a Dublin law firm. He's saying that never happened as well. The argument made by Greg, I suppose, is that in, in one of the successor agreements, the most recent of those, the September 2021, that Hugh gave up his claim to the companies or their assets. Now, this is where things get a little bit complicated. Hugh is basically claiming that because, as he alleges, the last agreement was not acted upon, that agreement no longer holds force and it all reverts back to the earliest of the agreements. And I hope I haven't lost our listeners with this, but he's basically claiming that things should revert back to the earliest of those agreements, which was the one which was most beneficial to his interests. Where the most money was would have gone his direction. His direction, yeah. I I might sum it up, Shane, just from having read some of your, your reporting on it. In essence, Hugh Kavanagh is accusing Greg of stealing from him, of being cynical and dishonest and hoping to financially ruin him and his family. And countering that, Greg is claiming that his brother's claims are spurious and that he's acting out of malice. Yeah, there's one line in one of Greg's affidavits where he says the last thing he wants to do is ruin his brother. And his brother would see it differently, obviously. His brother would see it differently. Why are the revenue commissioners involved? So this is another one where there's a bone of contention or or differences between them. According to Greg, Hugh and two other individuals made complaints to the revenue commissioners. Now, Greg has claimed that these were spurious and unfounded allegations that were made in relation to companies in the group and that these were made after these individuals had left the business. Now, we know in a more recent affidavit that Hugh Cavan disputes having had this interaction with the revenue commissioners. He actually claims that he had no part in, in that at all, that he wasn't in contact with the revenue and didn't make a complaint. So clear differences between them there. Be that as it may, by Greg Kavanagh's account, there is an inquiry underway by the revenue commissioners. And so that brings us right up to date, basically, Shane. I read last week in your reporting that Hugh was seeking to have his brother jailed for contempt of court. Yeah, and this is a relief that he's no longer looking for. So he's dropped that. He's dropped that uh, from it. On what uh, basis? He said that... He didn't want to distract from the principal issues at play in the case. So he was no longer pursuing that. And I suppose lawyers for Greg would have maybe a slightly different view as to why he may have dropped it. They had 
previously pointed out what they would have seen as being a significant flaw in the contempt application. And this was that their client was never served with a court order from 2020, with or without a penal endorsement. Now, penal endorsement, it's, it's a notice warning that steps can be taken to compel obedience with an order, including imprisonment, and you, you have to serve this on somebody before you, you go to the High Court and seek to have them imprisoned. Perhaps no, uh, no real uh, surprise that element of the case fell away, but uh, the other elements of the case remain. OK, so the prospect of jail, that's completely off the table for now. But the latest thing, Shane, you have learned from an affidavit is that a receiver has been appointed to Greg Kavanagh's home in Dublin 4. What does that mean? This is to do with debts of one of the companies involved. They would have been secured against Greg Kavanagh's family home. And I suppose the context within which that piece of information was brought up by Hugh Kavanagh was actually in relation to Hugh Kavanagh's own home. As part of the settlement agreements, it's been put forward in the papers that Greg Kavanagh was to take steps to uh, sort out the mortgage on Hugh's home, effectively securing Hugh's family home. And there was various ways that was to be done or that could have been done depending on which agreement you were looking at. But that didn't happen for whatever reason. And repossession proceedings have actually been started by lenders seeking repossession of the Hugh Kavanagh's uh, property. Now, Greg Kavanagh's side would say that that's not their fault, that Greg was making efforts to refinance that property and that what was required as part of that was that a valuer would have access to the property. And they say that Hugh refused to let the valuer have access to the property and because of this, the refinancing didn't go ahead. In other words, saying that he's the author of his own misfortune in that regard. But where he's bringing up this issue about Greg Kavanagh's house is that he's more or less saying, look, he didn't sort out the property on on my home. And not only that, my brother has failed to protect his own home. And he claimed that this was an indication of an inability to raise finances or, or clear liabilities, which I suppose would be fairly significant thing to say about a a property developer. And that's the context within which it it appears to have been raised in the court papers. And we said at the start that they're not exactly flash, despite all the the wealth they would have had at the height of their powers. Do we know anything about the house in question? Not not particularly about the property, just maybe its location. It's quite close to the Aviva Stadium in in Dublin 4. It it would be a A well-to-do part of town, fair to say. Finally then, Shane, this row has been going on in various guises since 2020 for three and a half years. Is there any chance of reconciliation? It's really hard to see it based on the affidavits I've seen over the last while. This is as bitter a dispute as you could imagine. It's almost Shakespearean in terms of the elements to it and... That being said, I suppose there was a huge gulf between them in 2020 and there was a settlement at that time, which supposedly would have brought things to an end. And obviously that's unraveled since. So look, it's not beyond the bounds of possibility that some sort of accord could be reached. But just on on the basis of what I've seen, I, I, I just think that the divide between them is just too large. We're a long way from that at the minute. Shane Phelan, thank you very much. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today's episode of the Indo Daily was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by JJ Clark, with sound by Niall McMonagall. Archived clips were from RTE, News Talk, and the Irish Independent. If you enjoyed the Indo Daily, don't forget to follow and leave us a review.
Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel.